Guess who? It's me again. It's five o'clock. Do you care what the mainstream media says? What's up, fam? You out there? You listening? Hello, I'm Mike Lindell, and in light of the recent events, your continued support means everything to myself and my employees. To thank you for having the biggest sale ever on all my pillow bedding. Get my pillow bed sheets for as low as $29.98. A set of pillowcases for only $9.98. In this economy, instead of buying a new bed, rejuvenate your bed with a my pillow mattress topper for as low as $99.99. We also have blankets in a variety of sizes, colors, and styles, like plush, waffle, or gossamer, for as low as $29.98. Coming to you live from behind enemy lines of Chirac, Illinois. It's Monday, the 19th of December. Fuck. Another new year is upon us. The end of an old, the start of a new. And we're going to end this year with another true social scandal of generations. That's right, folks. There is a new Dick comparing contest happening on True Social between Uncensored Abe and Dodger. The scandal started last night when this transitioning Gen Xer to Boomer pushed a misplaced meme into chat. And this misplaced meme was misread by this transitioning boomer and a scandal started everywhere the drama began to build the comments started happening the trolling was epic tears were had ladies and gentlemen this scandal will probably go nowhere but I have written a new substack to discuss my feelings and what really happened with this scandal. It's $20 one-time fee. And if you, if you want to, if you want to read more about this, the scandal between age and Dodger, Abe and Dodger, um, you just subscribe to my Substack or, uh, t- 10 PM tonight. Uh, average Joe Patriot is going to be doing a show and, uh, he will, uh, he'll, he'll, he'll be, he'll be doing an epic read of my Substack. So, um, this is, this is, uh, I'm considering leaving true social because trying to be cool, 
It's not in the books for me. <laughs> oh, I got nothing. Where you ever say something to yourself and you're like, that's fucking hilarious. And then you come back like, you know, a few hours later and you're like, huh, it didn't seem as very funny right now. <laughs> Anyways, uh, another day in the life of uh of me and our world man it's been a lot of fun hanging out with you guys and i had fun hanging out with uh severe non and dodger and uh all the meme team and all the guys out there last night having a blast just having some fun in uh severe's chat it was a lot of fun man it's you know so much grind into this i think i might actually have have developed an anti-personality deficit disorder so whatever that thing you aid something I think I may have developed some th through Twitter. It's all, I'm blaming it on Twitter. So I'm going to get my reparations from Twitter for, for causing me uh, an anti-personality disorder thing, pro problem. I, I definitely, definitely Twitter's fault, not mine. Um, but I'm working my way through these things. You know, I'm trying to get my way, trying to figure out, you know, try, trying to develop a personality, you know. <laughs> it's a little bit of sense of humor. I'm working on that too. And uh, before I transition to Boomer, I'll have those things worked out. <laughs> Come on. Can I get one laugh out there? <laughs> I love you guys. Toria first in the house. RP4L with a salute back at you. RP4L, much love. I appreciate you. Uh, <laughs> it's great to see you guys out there today. I hope you guys are having a great Monday and uh, hopefully a, a smile to start the show off with today. PDX Patriot, God bless you. Golden Lady, thank you very, very much for the ship. I appreciate it. Karen Harris in the house. Much love. God bless you. Sea Dragon, I am the pillow hitman. I use pillows to smother deep state actors. <laughs> nice. At least virtually or in my dreams, you know, one can dream. I don't know. I got nothing. Uh, just slapping with the air, right? I love Dodger, too. I, I figured if there's anyone I could pull off an extended stupid joke like this, it would be with him. You know what I'm saying? Uh, so those of you who followed it all, I hope you had a good laugh out of that because that was a, a, an attempt at an extended joke. But I don't know. I, I laugh at myself all the time. I find myself fucking hilarious, especially when I'm a fucking idiot. So I don't know. If you guys can't laugh with me, I got nothing. RP4L Karen Hare. Uh, let's see. Polydius in the house. Hope you're feeling better, my friend. And now I can finally unpause the chat because you guys start lighting it up by me there. Uh, or do you got the asshole disease? I, ha I have an asshole disease. <laughs> Best show opener yet. RP4L, thanks for being out there as well as all of you guys lurking and listening. Much love and God bless you all. Thanks for being here today. Rumble crowds working their way here today as well. Thanks, guys, for being here today. I appreciate you all. Smile a little bit, will you? Come on. Can we poke fun at each other a little bit here? I can. I, please feel free to poke fun at me all you want. Z Patriots in the house over there on Twitch, as well as several others. Thanks for being here today, guys, as well as the D Live crowd, Facebook crowds in the house. Uh, let's see who else. Cloud Hub crowds in the house. So God bless you all for being out there today. Tiger Network, lurkers and listeners over there. I got some good stuff for you to guys today. It's going to take me all of two hours to get through it all. So I got to kind of speed up into it today. Do me a favor when you get a moment. Check out the website, uncensoreddave.com. You can bookmark the website. Why? Well, because if you want to get a hold of me or if you want to see what's going on or um, get find me on my Telegram, True Social, Twitter, Gab, Facebook links, they're all at the very top right there. If you want to find out where my podcast is, you can find that there as well. All of the links for the podcast, just search uncensoredaid.com where I'm on pretty much every platform I could find, literally. I just... 
I just kept searching podcast platforms and just put it out there everywhere. Every single one of them I could find. So it's on like 20 different podcast platforms out there. Much love. Thank you all for the podcast support. And thank you all for the feedback recently from all around the world. Thank you for telling me where you guys are from. And, and I appreciate you guys for downloading the show and listening whenever you guys can. Much love. God bless you all. Today and this week to the end of the year, at the very least, I'm going to try the normal time slot. Every day, 5 Eastern, or every Monday through Friday, 5 Eastern, 4 Central. Fox will be live, Twitch, Rumble, Cloud Hub, and Tiger Network, where I can find those live streams. Uh, previous shows are always up on the, on the screen, as well as content. I think you should see Cash App, PayPal, Patreon, and Buy Me a Coffee, as well as the Buy Me a Pillow links. How you can help me keep the lights on and help me pay the bills. I really need your guys' help. Thank you guys for all your love, support, and prayers. You guys have been amazing, especially the prayers and many of you. Just drop in the link into your favorite chat saying, hey, Abe's live right now. Come hang out. I appreciate you guys. Thank you all for that. It means a lot to me. The more, That's the biggest thing. If you can just share the stream for me, man, um, that, make, that makes more difference than anything in the world. So thank you all. Email address as well as the P.O. box. And yes, I did get some mail this weekend. My very first, my very first Christmas cards. The very first one from my bro Joe. And my uh, sister-in-law with a Merry Christmas. Thank you very much for that. And the second one from our great friend, Miss MK. I call her Miss MK. It's actually Miss MK, I think. I'm not sure. Uh, but anyways, um, I feel it's important to pray during this times with what is happening, how uh, have been busy with everything and haven't had as much time to watch, but... You are doing, I uh, hope you are doing better now with the new location. Looks like you, you have found a very nice place. Thank you very much for that at Miss MK. And thank you for your thoughts, loves, and prayers uh, through all of this. And she also sent me another card uh, with um, a couple of buy me a coffees in there. So thank you very much for that. And an awesome um, little Jesus placard with a prayer on the back. Thank you so much for that. I'm, I put that right up next to my, uh, my memorial. I have a memorial shelf with my mother and father's uh, ashes and uh, kind of the family pictures and stuff. I have that right up there next to that. So thank you very much for that, Miss MK. And this one says, may God bless you and our nation with his peace this holiday season and throughout the new year. Blessings to you this Christmas and new year. Unable to watch much this time, but hope you are doing better. Miss MK. Thank you, Miss OK, MK, for the, for the Christmas cards. So we'll get the Christmas cards in, and I appreciate you all very much for, for you guys reaching out to me and just keeping me in your thoughts in general. You all are some amazing people, and this this Patriot family is just really something special in general. And, um, you know, like I've been saying, I, I, I haven't wanted to be so um, uh, sharing <laughs> with everything that's happening in my life, but I um, – Given how the way that the events have happened leading up to the week of the pit and after, um, you guys that have been here watching all of these shows are, I felt like I needed to give you guys uh, an explanation. So for that, thank you all for everything. I appreciate you all. Y'all have been amazing and please keep it coming. Yes. I got, I asked, uh, I asked Dodger to please meme me, <laughs> please troll me. No, he's been, um, he's been doing uh, a lot of amazing work. He did some, uh, uh, some work with the young Patriots, um, reaching out to a, uh, to the younger crowd and, and doing an interview with them and just, having a discussion about uh, just things in general and uh, the things that he does as a, 
as a meme artist, as an artist in general. Um, Dodgers, you know, there's there's some eclectic people in our movement, and that's what I love about it. And that's also the hard part about our movement, right, is that we're all free-thinking, free-minded, eclectic, different people. And we're not, you know, none of us are just uh, conformed to what is normal, you know what I'm saying? And so that kind of, if, if, uh, if we live in such a judgmental world, that makes it hard to want to develop relationships with people and that you might, you know, who knows, right? And so part of what all this journey for all of us has been is is fighting through all that and, and seeing that we really are, uh, even if we have different ideas about Trump specifically or other things, we all, um, you know, we're all just uh, trying to find our way through this and, and some of us just trying to have fun, you know, just trying to enjoy things um, and not be so serious all the time. And I, I love being a part of that. It keeps me grounded and you guys are just... Uh, Y'all are freaking hilarious, number one, and y'all are just so the the different perspectives and the different ways of looking at things. Um, the more you open your mind to those things, the more you become a more well rounded person. And I, I try to do those things, but I'm just not artistic at all. I'm really not creative at all. You know, like I just don't have that. I have a very engineer mind. You know what I'm saying? So to see the things that uh, people like Dodger can do and the other meme artists out there, and you know, Fawn and 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 um, J-Bo and everyone else out there. There's been, there's a, there's a whole freaking meme army out there of amazing patriots that do things. But just, you know, the, the stuff that they've been doing recently for, for the platform and for stickers and, you know, trying to, trying to get um, to change the way uh, um, this is presented. And I, I love it. I, I absolutely love it. And I love seeing the creativity. And it's, it's another example of how it's kind of just the beginning of this, right? Like we're just kind of on the ground floor of trying to figure out our way through this stuff. And, and, um, and now that we have more eyes on it's, um, it's awesome to see. So thank you guys all very much. I appreciate you all. And thank you all for uh, the support, love and prayers. I appreciate it. Much love. All right. Pass the joking, huh? Past the joke, and I need 10 minutes of your time. I Actually, I'm probably going to zip through some of this. So it's probably not going to take 10 minutes. But, uh, you know, the little the little known stories out there of things that, that don't get told um, and the things that people do without, you know, request for thanks or without um, doing it for, for, um, for notoriety or things like that. Uh, Clarence Thomas has been one of those who have, have led the way throughout his whole life and it's just it's sad to watch as people try to destroy somebody like him who really is just an, an amazing patriot an amazing person and this time of the year a lot of military people and a lot of military families are you know this is a very difficult time for military families and so so you know kind of going back to those times of being deployed during the holidays and um you know, all, all of the sacrifices that go uh, with being in the military um, during the holidays, keep an extra thought and prayer out, if you don't mind, to any of you who have active or uh, prior serving, um, anyone who's in the military and their families, keep an extra prayer out there for them, will you? I'm in Arlington National Cemetery for Reeds Across America. Freaking pilled, man. What is, why is it? It's an annual charity event that I participate in. That is a way that we honor those who gave the ultimate sacrifice. There are no wreaths on the graves yet. And you'll see at the other end of this video that all of these, I think it's 200,000, it could be a few more than that, will be covered. 
So we're in section 60 at this corner of Arlington National Cemetery. This section is where they started burying those who were killed in Afghanistan and Iraq, the wars in the past 20 years. So it's a very sad place of grief, young lives lost, and their parents and their spouses, children. You'll also see some mixed in are veterans who died of natural causes later in life, but the early birth dates in this section so recent, just heartbreaking. And you see a lot more families, young families of those who died. Go over, there's a truck parked in almost every section of the cemetery, of Arlington National Cemetery and it has the wreaths that are donated. So you go and, as you can see, people stand in line, pick up a wreath, several wreaths, one, two, three, and then start putting them on the gravestone. And then what you do is you say their name as you put it down. And as you can see, this whole sec part of section 60 is already covered with wreaths. And this section is where people are starting to place the graves. And I'm gonna go see some of the graves of people I know to visit as well. So we'll do that next. Okay, so you can see the boxes and boxes of wreaths stacked up, ready to go, all the way into the truck. And then people standing in line to get theirs. So I'm gonna go grab a couple. Okay, so I got, I picked up, it's sort of hard to show you, uh, three wreaths and I'm headed to Few the gravestones of families that I know, so I can lay them there. And those are the last row headed this direction. Three of the 13 who were killed in Kabul in August of 2021 at the airport are buried here in the front row, or the most recent row at Arlington National Cemetery. This is Nicole Ann G. And then Ryan Naus and this is Taylor Hoover. We'll say their names. So when you put the wreath on the grave, you say their names so that they're remembered. I'm gonna put this on Brian Thomas Gerald's grave. He was the Navy obviously died way too young. There's a yellow rose for him here. Brian Thomas Gerald. Let me fix this a little bit. So sometimes you see these signs where they ask you not to do the wreaths because the family members want to do it. Um, also this year, they started allowing families to come the week before, so last weekend, to put the grave, to put the wreaths on their family's gravestones and to spend some more quiet time and less having all the public here. 
so mixed in in Section 60 are some of the older veterans who died, um, so not killed in these wars. And uh, this is the one that means the most to me. General Powell, Colin Powell, who was my friend and boss. Um, I loved him very much and miss him very much. Glad to see he's got special wreaths there. So I'm going to take a minute with him. So you can see this process moves fast, which is truly incredible. All the people working in this section, it's going on all over the cemetery. Hey Frank, good job. We need to do that and hear the stories. So I just spoke to Rosemary Dill, who's a gold star mother. I met her out here in section 60. She actually comforted me when I was crying. Um, and she, I asked her what she wanted me to say at her son's grave. And she told me, I'm gonna do that right now. Mark, your mom, I just spoke to her and she said to tell you that she loves you and that she, your brother Dominic is with her for Christmas. So you are full, full grave with the wreath. God bless you. Someone you're going to recognize, Supreme Court Justice Clarence Thomas. He comes every year. Most people don't recognize him. He and his wife, Junie, come together. They put together a group. You can see he just blends into the crowd and puts out the wreaths with everybody else. And there's his wife, Jenny. They're too cute. Look at them holding hands. Let's take a good picture. Hold on. Let me see. Well, it's 9 a.m. and as you can see, almost every grave in Section 60 has a wreath. So it was extremely fast. The other sections of the cemetery still need wreaths, so we're going to all start moving out that way and getting all these gravestones covered in the cemetery. And of course, this is going on for miles and miles around me. Um, as I said, I think there's 200,000, there may be more graves in Arlington National Cemetery, and each one will get a wreath. The only thing is you have to look out for uh, Starves of David or other religions. They're not Christian, so we don't put wreaths on those.
Get a little further out, and you can see all these graves still need to get wreaths. So I'm going to start putting mine over here. So I've moved over to another truck in the next section. You can see they've made a lot of progress. All those empty boxes were wreaths. And the line here is pretty long. You can see as more volunteers have come, the lines get longer. There's still so many graves to cover. There you go, guys. Um, you know, a sobering reminder for me and for many, but... Um, you know, I in the holiday season, right, and the, the stories that uh, often don't get told are the simple acts of kindness of so many. And it's a, you know, it's a reminder of what we are as Americans and who we really are, right? It's not, um, it's not the uh, the social media profiles. It's not the the, the drama. It's not, um, you know. Um, a, a social media creation of us. It's it's the individual relationships and the things that people do like that that happen all around the country. You know, like pretty much every town in America does some something like that. You know, this town has a great Christmas celebration that I've never really experienced before. It's pretty cool. I mean, it's um, you know, the whole town just celebrates Christmas. You know, um. And it's, it's kind of cool. It's a cool, it's a cool reminder, right? Of remember the days of can't, can't say Merry Christmas and how they, um, chastised, uh, Christians and, and tried to, um, remove any kind of Christianity from our world. And, and now there's a, a whole generation, there's generations of, of people who have grown up, you know, with no kind of understanding or, or purpose or, I just wouldn't say purpose, uh, you know, understanding or or um, connection with religion at all, right? It's not even a part of of who they are as a person. They've never grown up around it, never been taught it, never been told about it. Nothing, you know, nothing there. But there are a lot of people who who are find their way. You know, you know what I'm saying, and and that's been the the testimonies of this community have been special about people finding their way there and finding their way back to, you know, something that's, um, that's real and tangible. And by that, I mean, you know, spreading the word of God and spreading love and trying and trying to be that person, right? Um, that's who we all are. doesn't matter if we're, um, a, a, a complete and only artistic mind that has doesn't have a connection with the engineering side of their brain or a, or just somebody like me who's an engineering you know binary thinker in many ways um you know we we all I, there's always something more about all of us that's purposely been taken from us you know what I'm saying? Just the basic fun interactions, just the the smallest things, um, <clears throat> the little jabs here and there. <clears throat> the uh, the little jabs here and there uh, that we give us and remind us, uh, you know, uh, give us a little fun in our world. Um, 
that's what we are <laughs> as as Americans. And um it's pretty special. When you really think about it, <clears throat> right? All of us agree, disagree, like, dislike. That is what's special about this movement. Give me seven and a half minutes to get Tucker Carlson's monologue of John F. Kennedy files. I have been doing shows for five years now. And for five years, I have been saying and getting censored for saying the CIA under the guise of the Bush family and the Dulles family seized power as part of the globalist movement to begin a new world order by killing Kennedy. And I have said it over and over and over. I have done so much research on the killing of Kennedy. I have three books and I have spent about as much time studying the Kennedy files and as much about it as pretty much anything else out there. And the, and you learn nothing about, you know, you have to be able to be one of the, um, foremost experts to pull anything from the redacted files that they give you. Right. But you can surmise a lot. And one of the people in my life that I had the honor and the pleasure of having the ability to have conversations with while he was on his uh, dying bed at 95, 90 years old, you know, used to work for uh, the FBI. And, um, when you when you're able to have stories with men like that, <laughs> the things that you can learn are something special, and they take you they take you can take it with you for the rest of your life. In fact, that that um, Ronald Reagan picture right there was um, was from his office when he worked for Reagan, and it survived a fire in his house shortly after he mysteriously died. And, um, and again, just one of the many things, but anyways, I've been saying it and I have been saying also, this is what the mainstream media isn't going to tell you. Except something weird happened. <laughs> something really freaking weird happened. Tucker Carlson and the mainstream media told you the truth about the Kennedy assassination. What does that tell you? Not long after Jack Ruby shot Lee Harvey Oswald on camera in the basement of Dallas police headquarters, a lot of Americans started to have some questions about the Kennedy assassination. It was, you'd have to admit, a pretty extraordinary sequence of events. A lone gunman murders the president of the United States, and then, less than 48 hours later, that lone gunman is himself murdered by another lone gunman. What are the odds of that? It's one thing if you get struck by lightning, rare but possible. But if every member of your family also gets struck by lightning all on different days, you might begin to suspect these are not entirely natural events. But, oh, replied the U.S. government, they are. This bizarre chain of killings was all entirely natural. So less than a year after the JFK assassination, the Johnson White House released something called the Warren Commission the grind, Report. And the report concluded that while their motives remained unclear, both Lee Oswald and Jack friend. Ruby had acted alone. No one helped them. There was no conspiracy of any kind. Case closed. Time to move on.
And many, many Americans did move on. At the time, they had no idea how shoddy and corrupt the Warren Commission was. It would be nearly 50 years before the CIA admitted under duress that in fact it had withheld information from investigators about its relationship with Lee Harvey Oswald. But even then at the time, before that was known, the government's explanation didn't seem entirely plausible and some people started asking obvious questions about it. It was at that point, as Americans started to doubt the official story, that the term conspiracy theory entered our lexicon. As Professor Lance DeHaven-Smith points out in his book on the subject, the term conspiracy theory did not exist as a phrase in everyday American conversation before 1964. In 1964, the year the Warren Commission issued its report, the New York Times published five stories in which conspiracy theory appeared. Now today, of course, the term conspiracy theory appears in pretty much every New York Times story about American politics. It's wielded, now as then, as a weapon against anyone who asks questions the government doesn't feel like answering. But despite 60 years of name-calling, those questions have not disappeared. In fact, they have multiplied with time. And here's one of them. In April of 1964, a psychiatrist called Louis Joylin West visited Jack Ruby in his isolation cell in a Dallas jail. According to West's written assessment, he found that Jack Ruby was, quote, technically insane and in need of immediate psychiatric hospitalization. Those are conclusions that, puzzlingly, no one who had spoken to Jack Ruby previously had reached. Ruby had seemed perfectly sane to the people who knew him. Louis Joylin West pronounced him crazy. But what, what West did not say was that he was working for the CIA at the time. Louis Joylin West was a contract psychiatrist for the spy agency. He was also an expert on mind control and a prominent player in the now infamous MK Ultra program in which the CIA gave powerful psychiatric drugs to Americans without their knowledge. So of all the psychiatrists in the world, what in the world was this guy doing in Jack Ruby's prison cell? The media did not seem interested in finding out. In fact, the New York Times, in an extensive 1999 obituary of West, never mentioned the fact that he had worked for the CIA, much less his time in Jack Ruby's cell, which seems relevant. So you can see why non-crazy people would wonder about what really happened. And of course, many have wondered. In 1976, long forgotten, the House of Representatives impaneled a special committee to reinvestigate the JFK assassination. Their bipartisan conclusion? Jack Kennedy was almost certainly murdered as the result of a conspiracy. But the question is, a conspiracy by whom? Well, the obvious suspect would be the CIA. Why else would the agency withhold critical evidence from investigators? Is there a benign explanation for that, for maintaining this level of secrecy for this many years? Not that we're aware of. And it is illegal. In 1992, Congress passed the President John F. Kennedy Assassination Records Collection Act. That act mandated full disclosure of all documents by 2017, 54 years after JFK was killed. The last administration promised to comply fully with that law. But under intense pressure from CIA Director Mike Pompeo, withheld in the end thousands of pages of CIA documents. Today, this afternoon, the Biden administration did exactly the same thing. That would be thousands of pages of documents after nearly 60 years, after the death of every single person involved. But we still can't see them. 
Clearly, it's not to protect any person. They're all dead. It's to protect an institution. But why? Well, today we decided to find out. We spoke to someone who had access to these still hidden CIA documents, a person who was deeply familiar with what they contain. We asked this person directly, did the CIA have a hand in the murder of John F. Kennedy, an American president? And here's the reply we received verbatim, quote, the answer is yes. I believe they were involved. It's a whole different country from what we thought it was. It's all fake. It's hard to imagine a more jarring response than that. Again, this is not a, quote, conspiracy theorist that we spoke to, not even close. This is someone with direct knowledge of the information that once again is being withheld from the American public. And the answer we received was unequivocal. Yes, the CIA was involved in the assassination of the president. Now, some people will not be surprised to hear that. They suspected it all along. But no matter how you feel about or what you thought about the Kennedy assassination, pause to consider what this means. It means that within the U.S. government, there are forces wholly beyond democratic control. These forces are more powerful than the elected officials that supposedly oversee them. These forces can affect election outcomes. They can even hide their complicity in the murder of an American president. In other words, they can do pretty much anything they want. They constitute a government within a government, mocking by their very existence the idea of democracy. As cynical as we have become after 30 years of watching government officials ignore the voters who employ them, we were shocked to learn this. It's not acceptable. Americans have trusted their government less with every passing year since the killing of John F. Kennedy. Maybe this is why. And people have known this for a long time. The people who knew would include every director of the CIA since November of 1963. And that list would include Obama's CIA director, John Brennan, one of the most sinister and dishonest figures in American life. That list would also include, we are sad to say, our friend Mike Pompeo, who ran the CIA in the last administration. Mike Pompeo knew this. We asked Pompeo to join us tonight, and though he rarely turns down a televised interview, he refused to come. We hope he will reconsider. Subscribe to the Fox News YouTube channel to catch our nightly opens. Yeah, um, that just happened. <laughs> I mean, I get it, right? You can, you can find all of the criticisms that you want. However, comma, that happened. <laughs> that happened. That wasn't a crazy conspiracy theorist who has been dehumanized since, you know, their existence, such as me, right? That wasn't, that wasn't, uh, that wasn't, uh, one of your, one of your YouTubers that does shows all the time that, uh, has street cred that, that wasn't, uh, you know, your top influencers in, uh, the underground media and social media. No, that was a mainstream media giving you the flat truth that we've been telling you guys for five years. And the, the fact that I just heard that on the mainstream media is, I'm just like, think about that for a second, right? Like, does that get, that gives us an idea of how things, how fast things are shifting. You know what I'm saying? Like there is D class happening. Um, there, there's no way that, 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 that would, they were allowed to run with that on Paul Ryan's, uh, <laughs> Fox news. Right. Uh, it's, um, so I, 
I find that to be extremely interesting. I have been waiting for anybody, somebody in the mainstream media to even even approach that topic, much less the, the Mockingbird Media and uh, MK Ultra. I mean, not not, not Mockingbird, the, the MK Ultra, and he put MK Ultra into it. <laughs> I remember when I would have conversations with people about MK Ultra, and they would literally. Look at me like I was fucking insane. Turn like to give you that like and like turn their head and walk away from me. Like liter the, the, the thought literally went through their head that I should be in a padded room. <laughs> because I do research on things that is open source material, kind of like being in a library, you know, it's, it's spent a lot of my life in a library. Just not uh, your version of a library. My library, with my fingertips, has all kinds of knowledge at the at the fingertips at my fingertips. Anybody who really wants to learn about a topic can ask a question, create a hypothesis, and test their theories against that hypothesis until you come to an idea that you're pretty close to what you think is true, or it's at least uh, the best information on Al Gore's internet. But still, even with that, the mainstream media talked about that. I, it is just blowing my mind still to, to consider where we've come from in the past five years. Forget that, two years, right? To, to have that truth be told is just something special, man. It's, uh, there is some crazy things happening in our world. There, there is, um, there is no way that Epstein happens and the disclosure of, of the U S government involvement in the murder of JFK, a, pro, a sitting president. We haven't even gotten to the murder of, of justice Scalia by the same people yet, but you know, we'll get there at some point. I'm sure. I hope we'll get there to understand what, uh, whose involvement was that Barack Obama. We'll figure that out sooner or later, um, but <clears throat> for now, it took 60 years to find this out, so I'm going to go with um, with seeing if we can find that more truth about Justice Scalia faster than 60 years. How about we fight for that? Can we fight uh, justice for Justice Scalia? Justice for Scalia? One of the greatest law minds of our time ever in this country's history. Probably the greatest. Probably, in my opinion, yes. Justice Scalia was the greatest Supreme Court justice in the history of American jurisprudence. Maybe we'll get to that truth someday, huh? <laughs> All right. Uh, the, yeah, it doesn't help. No, but, um, like I said, I've been, I've been telling every time there's a JFK story, you know what I'm saying? I, I tell a little bit about that story. That's the first time I've really told the truth about that. My daughters and awesome, awesome picture of the family. 
So anyways, there's that. What a life we live. And the, the things that have happened in my life are just, yeah. Anyways. You could fight for Justice Scalia digitally. I hear you. Um, let's see here. Where do I want to go next? I have Threadfest in front of me. <laughs> um, not the trademarked version, just my version of Threadfest. I literally have an unbelievable list of threads of stuff that I have to get through. And I don't know how if I'm going to be able to get to anywhere near any of it right now um, because there's just so much happening out there today. But maybe if I go back to my original show uh, plan again, I would already be through half of this. So I'm going to shut the hell up and start getting to that. Tracy Beans has a great thread out there today talking about the uh, uh, Maricopa Cary Lake lawsuit today. Um, again, I you know my amateur analysis. She's got a great case. She's got a great case. It again, you, you the legal system is the legal system. But even compared to all of the other cases, I mean, I'll, I'll tell you if you guys remember, I told you that I thought Texas was going to be a good case. And it should have been, excuse me, minus the standing um, that uh, that happened in the Texas case uh, for the 2020 election. But Kerry's got a great chance. So Tracy Beans uh, was uh, watching it closely today, and she's got a summary of it that basically is what just happened. Um, we're supposed to hear something here, Don, if or Toria, anyone out there that's that they're you know, Glenn. There's a chance we could hear something on this in the next hour. Small chance, but there's a chance that we might hear more on Carrie Lake's lawsuit in the next hour. So if you guys can keep an eye out there on uh, on Carrie Lake's feeds or anything out there, that's Carrie Lake. If you hear anything on the update on the case. Give me a heads up, but I want to go through some of this thread here today. Tracy Beans did a great job and has been doing a great job. I've uh, been listening on some Twitter spaces and stuff. It's kind of nice to get out of the bubble finally. I got to tell you, it's it's fun to listen to dumb fuck leftist journalists like whine, bitch, and moan, and it's, it's, it's hilarious to kind of get that perspective of, again of what we're up against. It's like, oh, my God, we literally are up against children. But um, at the same time, I like hearing how their mind works. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I love when you, the best part about these Twitter spaces and stuff is the questions or the answers or the interactions, you know, tells you a lot about how these, these freaking meathead journalist minds work. And it's freaking hilarious, dude. It, it, but it, at the same time, if you just get past all of that and listen to what they're saying, it is interesting to hear all the different perspectives again and get out of the bubble of uh, of our little, um, you know, echo chamber, so to speak. <laughs> um, you know, and I think most people try to stay away from confirmation bias, try to stay out of the echo chambers that we create. Um, but I think, uh, if anything, 
MAGA does the worst job of it. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Uh, this is not routine tech issues. By their own admission, they had 70 centers down. We found two-thirds of vote centers rejecting ballots. It isn't a case about flawed signature procedures. They created that out of the whole cloth for latches. It's also not about breaking the chain of custody rules. Tracy Bean's talking about the Carrie Lake's lawsuit. What the case is about is Maricopa and Secretary of State ignoring detailed procedures like testing ballots before election to determine tabulator function what about a systematic failure of tabulators which are critical to processing votes which occurred at one three to two three one thirds to two thirds of the centers causing massive disruption on election day mc maricopa county employees coming forward to expose signature verifications thousands of examples of which we will talk about it's about a massive chain of custody failure it's not about not just now, but in Bramovich's um, report, ignore typos, uh, see, Bramovich's report, it's a criminal violation to not maintain chain of custody, not some minor thing. And this is why, again, there's many angles to this case that you, that you could see where they were going with this. This is one of the angles that this opened up. Chain of custody is a is a criminal, um, it, it's a statute that you can't break, and they broke it in Maricopa. So what defendants ignored is in our complaint, uh, on 11-8, if procedures followed, they should have had an exact count. On 11-10, 25,000 ballots appeared. Defendants have ignored and could change the outcome. Also, a secret censorship portal for state and local officials to flag and take down posts in affront to the First Amendment, but there is evidence that Richter was participating during the campaign. Richter started a pack antithetical to Lake. These violations uh, move votes, and we will enter evidence how this could shift an election. Plaintiffs say 17 million votes are insurmountable. Uh, 17, I think it's 17,000 votes, but it's a tenth of the point uh, of, a, of a recount. The idea is this is insurmountable, doesn't add up. Yeah, exactly. Um, so that, again, that section there is very important. This section here, touching on an important issue of signature verification. If I'm trying to hit the two key, there's two or three key parts of Carrie Lake's lawsuit that are that are why I believe we're going to hear more about this uh, in the near future. Touching on an important issue of signature verification. Maricopa County processes over a million of them. Carter Baker Commission determined that mail-in voting, most likely uh, area of voter fraud, which is why the EAC says chain of custody is important. Bramovich letter, defendant raises somehow 2020, uh, uh, 2020 envelopes obtained at behest of Senate were illegally obtained. This isn't about procedure. It's a, it's what the whistleblowers found. Signature verification is such an important issue. Walk through a few of their affidavits and expand tens of thousands of illegal votes brought in to the system. And again, when we go back and look, they're having the, the ability to review that chain of custody and verify them against voter rolls. The voter rolls, which were inflated by the <laughs> uniparty, and then deflated. Some of those voters don't even exist in the system anymore. What are they going to do? Reinflate the voter rolls before they do their audit of them? There's a lot here in this in this lawsuit that um, you know sh sh probably should get a lot more time spent on it because the case is very solid and the criminality that is exposed from the lawsuit is mind blowing. It, it, it makes it seem like it's almost impossible for them to ignore jurisdiction, 
standing, proof of harm, all of them, all of the main legal statutes that you need in a lawsuit are in Carrie Lake's lawsuit. It's very well written, and the statutes are all right there, plain to see. Um, you know, I, I think we're going to see more from this. We'll see. Again, you got to deal with judges. We may have to go to the appeals court. You know, um, the, the lawsuit is written in such a way that uh, I think the judge is aware that it's going to go straight to the appeals court if he doesn't rule the way he's supposed to rule. So what does he want? Just his ruling to be, you know, overruled by the appeals court? So I, because of, of, uh, of ignoring evidence of criminality, does a, does a judge, no matter who they are, want to be on record with, with a case as important as this, as, as, as saying to his constituents, yeah, there, I mean, it's clear criminality, clear, clear harm, clear standing. All of the, all, everything looks solid, but uh, no. <laughs> it's going to take a lot for a judge to do that in this case. That's all I'm saying. Runback allows 50 employees to cast their ballots at Runback. They have no way to know the number. They found 16,000 to 18,000 extra votes. Their, num- their own numbers don't reconcile. Tracy Beans says in conclusion... What we have here and what we have pled with detailed allegations, this is, again, she's pretty much quoting the the, uh, the lawyers, right? So what we have here and what we have pled with detailed allegations, sworn testimony from Maricopa employees tells a different picture than what the defendants portrayed. These weren't minor. This was a systematic failure, systematic problems, no explanation for them. Whether you had 70 or 132 vote centers, uh, down, you would think there would be a full investigation. Today, they stand here and say, no big deal. I challenge anyone to find the time where one-third to two-third of the centers went down like this. Signature verification, systematic issue. Hundreds of thousands of signatures clearly don't match. You can't be, you can be blind in one eye and half in the other, and they don't match the systematic issue. In terms of chain of custody, systematic issue, not minor ministerial failings, Maricopa has been put on notice that they are not following procedure. These have criminal penalty, and there are 25,000 added votes. All of the allegations should be accepted as true. It shouldn't be dismissed. People should be allowed to see voter suppression is voter suppression. Their rights don't stop no matter who it applies to. The debacle on on 11-8 shouldn't have happened. There are processes in place that make sure it doesn't happen, and they didn't follow them, he ends. And then there was a rebuttal of blah, 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 freaking blahs. But in the end, the judge is going to have to ignore obvious proof of criminal behavior to ignore this lawsuit at which point it's going to go straight to the appeals court and there could be ramifications for the judge if 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 and when the appeals court says how can you ignore this it's going to be interesting right, let's see what happens right let's see what happens but um hopefully we'll hear more hear more on that a little bit later uh for the podcast and for those who have not seen or gone through the the, the twitter file supplementals that's what we're going to spend some time on here. Um, we have, I have the Twitter file supplemental. We're going to go through that quickly. That's not going to take time. 
Twitter Files Part 7 came out today. FBI and the Hunter Biden laptop. We got that. Then I have um, Technofog's piece, as well as Mark Levin. Just absolute fucking fire from Mark Levin. I'm, I don't care what you guys like or dislike about Mark Levin. You have to hear this. You have, after what the, what, what uh, Tucker Carlson said earlier, you got to hear this. All right. So then I got that. Um, and if I have time, I have a whole dig that I was listening to yesterday that I'm going to present to you guys one way or the other. I'm not sure if I'm going to have time today to do it all, but it's interesting. Very, very interesting. And like I'm saying, getting a chance to get outside of my bubble and find topics that I find very interesting and then find the people or the uh, resident experts to hear. Oh, man, it is so good to be back into uh, outside my little bubble, so to speak. You know what I'm saying? So there you go. Um, let's see here. I'll, I'll see if I can get to that. If not, I'm, I'm maybe I'll do a special on it. I, I should probably just put together just a special on it. Um, because, you know, by the time I get to this time of the day, it's, uh, you know, there, there's so much happening that I, that everything gets bumped. <laughs> um, you know, you got to hit the stories that need to be hit. Right. So, um, the, the newest ones that are hitting right or whatever. So, all right. So it looks like everyone was having fun with me with Dodger cool. So that's cool. I'm glad everyone's laughing about that. Good thing. All right. Um, it was a long, long approach at trying to make a freaking bad joke. <laughs> Anyways, um, let's see. President Trump trolling Liz Cheney, thanks, sis. Uh, but Liz Cheney lost by a record 40 points. <laughs> 11 minutes ago, President Trump says the fake charges made by the highly partisan unselect committee of January 6th have already been submitted, prosecuted, and tried in the form of impeachment hoax number two. I won convincingly. Double jeopardy, anyone? <laughs> there you go, Don. <laughs> The people understand that the Democratic Bureau of Investigation, the DBI, are out to keep me from running for president because they'll know I'll win and that this whole business of prosecuting, just like the impeachment was, a partisan attempt to sideline me after the in the Republican Party, these folks don't get it that when they came after me, people who love freedom rally around me. It strengthens me. What doesn't kill me makes me stronger. Americans know that I pushed for 20,000 troops to prevent violence on January 6th. Okay, I misread the threads coming in backwards again. Um, so let me start over on the thread. Sorry, guys. These folks don't get it. When they come after me, people who love freedom rally around me. It strengthens me. What doesn't kill me makes me stronger. Americans know that I pushed for 20,000 troops to prevent violence on January 6th and that I went on television and told everyone to go home. The people understand that the Democratic Bureau of Investigation, the DBI, are out to keep me from running for president because they know I'll win and that this whole business of prosecuting me, just like it was impeachment, just like impeachment was a partisan attempt to sideline me and the Republican Party. The fake charges made by the highly partisan unselect committee of January 6th have already been submitted, prosecuted, and tried in the form of impeachment hoax number two. I won convincingly double jeopardy anyone. There's the full actual statement. My bad. So there you go. That's his response to the garbage hearing. I, I went live earlier today. Uh, if you want to watch the hearing, you can check it out on the channel. I went live earlier and played the January 6th hearing just so I could get my blood pressure up today. I needed a little more vote motivation, you know, just, just to remind me. Why is it that we spend so much time fighting these fucking scumbag little fucking children, leftist Nazi pieces of shit? 
just reminds me why I get up every fucking day and go through this hell. People and garbage and shit like that January 6th committee hearing today. Just a little bump in the ass just to go, you know, this is, this is what you're fighting against. This isn't about Trump, is it? It's really not, is it? Of course, it is about Trump because he's fighting for us, but it's more about us, isn't it? That realization should hit everybody square in the frickin' between the eyes, you know what I'm saying? Anyways, all right, guys, great crowd out there working you in here in for the second hour. I got a the Twitter file supplemental, basically all the threads, so if you've already seen it, see you later. But I'm going to go through it in a different way, so hang out. <laughs> Sean Joe, who cares? Thank you for the gold pills today, fam. I appreciate you all very much. Much love. Good to see you guys out there. Toria, the abolitionist, is in the house. Texas girl, great to see you out there, sis. Uh, Sonia's in there, out there, lurking and listening as well. Thank you for being here today. Much love. And many others. Where, why is Average Joe's out there hanging out as well? Much love, bro. Good to see you out there. Keep truths in the house. Sean Joe, thanks again, bro. And the abolitionist. Freedom is the core value to rally around. Amen to that. I hear that. Merry Christmas, Popcorn Q. Good to see you out there. I was yelling at my phone while doing the dishes. Yeah. You and me both. You and me both. Just a reminder of why I do this. That's I'm telling you. It's exactly what I needed today. Pterodactyl Beachside, CM Hawkins, Chris Jouse, and the several tens of lurkers <laughs> over there on Rumble. Much love, guys. All the all the Rumble lurkers, I love you guys. All of you. Much love. Thanks for being here today. Everywhere else, True Social, excuse me, Tiger Network, Twitch, Cloud Hub, Facebook, where you at? You're all out there lurking and listening. Moonshine Operators out in the house, as well as Z Patriot. I'm saying we need to take out the government and then put Trump in charge and rebuild it. Uh, no, that ain't going to happen, so forget that. Um, pipe dreams. Pipe dreams for keyboard warriors, and there's no taking out the government. <laughs> Here, I got an idea. What we're going to do is we're going to go over there and take out the government and just say Trump's in charge now, damn it. Figure, figure it out. Got it done. Simple. Hit the easy button, man. Listen, people. We... No longer accept that, and Trump is in charge. Got it? Okay. See how that works out for you. Michelle D., like Trump always says, they're after us. He's just in the way. Much love, um, fam and Abe. Michelle, thank you for being there today. Um, yeah. God bless you. Apologies if I misunderstood uh, a comment or two. Uh, my... <laughs> My perception of everything that's happening out there is uh, very hard to um, to calculate at times, if that makes sense. Thanks for being there today, guys. Lots of great patriots out there uh, live right now. 412, Based Amy, DW Truth Warrior, Pete, Pete Santilli, all these guys, a bunch of people out there live right now. And you guys are here hanging with me, and I got a lot of stuff to get to, so I'm going to shush and get right to it. Let me get a sip of water. Hold on. Twitter files supplemental, and we're going to dig into all this stuff. And I'm going to try to get through as much of it as possible. So I'm just going to basically keep talking until I can't talk no more. <laughs> ah, thank you. You got yourself a pillow using the discount code? Sweet. Thank you, Popcorn Q. I hope you enjoy it. If you don't, 
you can change it. You can automatically return it. They're, they do a great job of uh, just contact them back and tell me you want a different uh, firmness. If it doesn't work for you, test it out. You know, a couple nights of it, you don't like it, tell them that you want a different uh, firmness. It's the best part about it. Because, uh, I mean, some, a lot of times you just pick one out of the grocery store and you're stuck with whatever you got, right? Not with those. Once you buy a MyPillow, if you don't like it, just tell them that it's the wrong firmness and send it back to them. And they'll, cha- and they'll change, you, uh, change the firmness for you. All right. Um, Matt Taibbi um, had put this together last night, uh, yesterday afternoon. So probably not a lot of people saw it yet. And we are going to cover it right now. In the July of 2020, San Francisco FBI agent Elvis Chan tells Twitter executive Yoel Roth to expect written questions from a foreign influence task force, FITF, the interagency groups that deals with cyber threats. Hi, y'all. I think I, FITF, would like a response ahead of our meeting on the week of August 10th. It can be written response or can we set up a phone call? Whatever's easiest for you. I think you um, you can tell the nature of the questions. There was quite a bit of discussion within the USIC to get clarifications from your company. Let me know how you'd like to proceed. Thanks, Elvis. Elvis has left the building. The questionnaire authors seem displeased from Twitter for implying on a January 20th DHS ODNI FBI industry briefing that you indicated you had not observed much recent activity from official propaganda actors on your platform. Uh, This is, let's see. So this is a summary of the questions that they sent to... um, to them and i'm just going to read the bullet points here in what ways and and by what measures do you see official propaganda actors as less active than other groups on your platform what groups are you comparing to official propaganda actors what official propaganda actors did you include in your analysis how do you differentiate between official propaganda actors from state foreign actors and what is what is the reasoning to make that distinction in which bucket do you place for example outlets such as rupley or in the news now which are part of the state media apparatus but which seek to obscure that link by using different branding are they included in your analysis huh interesting questions right you can learn a lot by the questions being asked what quantitative metrics do you use to judge volume of activity on your platform on what scale can you provide those metrics what what relative weight do you give each metric when judging the volume of activity what qualitative measures do you use to inform judgments about activity including the volume of activity on your platform how do you limit the scope of your analysis of the domestic scam foreign state official propaganda white supremacist actors my russia bots date range language location topic etc references the oxford oxford institute covid19 news and information from state-backed outlets targeting french german spanish-speaking social media users 29 june 2020 so the oxford internet institute it was the basis for using uh for labeling COVID 19 truth as propaganda good to know thank you oxford internet institute great job of getting a of blood on your hands as well killing a bunch of people excellent job excellent work to the oxford internet institute for killing as many people with this pandemic as possible congratulations the special war will be coming your way in the near future foreign policy research institute russia narratives about u.s election integrity in 2020 of course the foreign policy research institute huh oh geez
You think I can type? Can't see shit because I have my keyboard way too low and it's it's not doing what it's supposed to do. The Foreign Policy Research Institute. Ah, let's see. Let, let's see what uh, Wikipedia says. Yes, yes. We need to see. Okay, what do we have here? K- Carol Raleigh Flynn and Robert Friedman, Samuel Savitz, John Templeton Jr., Dove S. Zakim, John Helen. Huh. Philly. American Think Tank based in Philly. Good to know. Good to know. Okay. No, nothing real uh, standing out there, but the Foreign Policy Research Institute. Congratulations for your medal coming your way for more blood on your hands and uh, also trying to uh, break, uh, destroy my civil rights. Thank you very much for that, for the Foreign Policy Research Institute. Uh, I'll be I'll be filing a lawsuit on behalf of myself, violating my civil rights in the 2020 election narrative, calling me a Russian bot. Oxford Institute, Internet Institute, and the University of Oxford also did a coronavirus coverage, state-by-state-backed English-language news sources understanding Chinese, Russian, English, excuse me, English would help too, Chinese, Russian, Iranian, and Turkish media. Let's see, the other source is the Mercator Institute of Chinese Studies Propaganda Beyond the Great Firewall, 5 December 2019, and the Wall Street Journal. Congratulations, you guys win an award too. Russia State News Outlet RT thrives on YouTube and Facebook. Spreading conspiracy theories about the election. Jeez, these people are just brainwashed uh, Russian bots. The heart rate is just on freaking fire right now. I'll tell you what. I think Rachel Maddow has figured anything out yet. No, actually she's just an inside source. So why would she think anything? She was just helping to, you know, get more blood on people's hands as many as possible and help violate my civil rights as well. Thank you, Rachel Macow. One would think that would be good news. The agencies seem to feel otherwise. Chan underscored this. There was quite a bit of discussion within the USIC to get clarifications from your company, he wrote, referring to the U.S. intelligence community. The task force demanded to know how Twitter came to, to its unpopular conclusion. Oddly, it's included in the bibliography of public sources, including the Wall Street Journal article, attesting to the prevalence of foreign threats. As if to show Twitter, uh, they got it wrong. Did you see this? The U.S. State Department has declared election integrity stopped the steal as Russian bots. That's right. The stop the steal movement has been co-opted and people have been brainwashed and turned into Russian bots without them even knowing. That's right. Jeez. It came straight from the State Department. Don't you know that? There was also an FBI study as well. Picking up what I'm putting down out there yet? Anybody? Has a light bulb gone off for anybody? Maybe one person out there? Doubt it. The task force demanded to know how Twitter came to its unpopular conclusion, given that there was plenty of open source articles. There's an article right here showing you that this is Russian bot activity. Okay. And then there is also foreign influence actors influencing the COVID-19 discussions. It's right here. So I don't know why you're not censoring this stuff, but you better because you'll be held accountable by the DOJ. If you don't, we'll just get the DOJ to send you a letter. This is what happened. This is exactly what happened. 
What's up, KH Farmer? Roth, receiving the questions, circulated them with other company executives and complained that he was frankly perplexed by the questions or the request here, which seemed more like something we'd get from a congressional committee than a bureau. Privileged and confidential. With our private bureau sources with Twitter, this is only between those of us that have security clearances. Secret government information here. Okay, y'all be careful with this. Privileged and confidential. Hi, team. The questions we received are attached, but I'm frankly perplexed by the questions here, requests here, which seem more like something we'd get from congressional committee from, than the bureau. Hmm. There's a big discussion to be had about state-controlled media, which will be impacted by the label launch later this month, but I'm not particularly comfortable with the bureau and, by extension, the intelligence community demanding written answers here. What's your perspective on how best to navigate? Thanks. Y'all. Interesting that y'all raised a question on it. He added that he was not comfortable with the Bureau and by extension the intelligence community dem uh, demanding answers. He then sent another note internally saying that the premise of the questions was flawed because we've been clear that official state propaganda is definitely a thing on Twitter. Note the italics for emphasis. It's like definitely a thing on Twitter. <clears throat> My recommendation is get on the phone with Elvis. Son of a bitch. I was wrong about Elvis too. Ross suggested that get on the phone with Elvis ASAP and try to strengthen, straighten this thing out to, to disabuse the agencies of any notion that state propaganda is a thing on Twitter. This exchange is odd among other things because some of the bibliography materials cited by the FITF are sourced in intelligence of, to intelligence officials who turned in cited public sources, the FBI responded to Friday's report by saying it regularly engages with private sector entities to provide information specific to identified foreign malign influence actors, subversive, undeclared, covert, and criminal activities. Yeah, especially domestic terrorists. What's up, brother? Good to see you following. Did you watch the beginning of the show? The failed joke? Anyways, the FBI replies to Matt Taibbi, the FBI regularly engages with private sector entities to provide information specific to identify foreign myline influence actors, especially those that are Russian bots. That may be true, but we haven't seen that in the documents to date. Instead, we've mostly seen requests for moderation involving low follower accounts belonging to ordinary Americans. Like, like all of you out there. There's that summary, keeping it moving today because I got too much to get to. More Twitter files, intelligence community pressure campaign against Twitter, and the FBI paid millions of taxpayer dollars to violate my civil rights. That's right, folks. Paid the government a bunch of money from my father's inheritance last year, and that went to censor me. Isn't that great? Isn't that just wonderful when you think about it like that? My pops passes away. I pay the federal government a bunch of taxes. They use those taxes to censor me and demonetize me and make sure that nobody can hear what I have to say. It's fucking awesome. I love this world. Yes. Yes. This is an awesome timeline. <sighs> Michael Schellenberger has just published the latest batch of what has come to be known as the Twitter files. <laughs> Roger that. It's a follow-up from Matt Taibbi's recent Twitter files. Go back and watch the start of the show when you guys get time. <laughs> uh, hopefully, hopefully it'll get some laughs. I don't know. I thought it was 
trying. It's a follow up from Matt Taibbi's recent Twitter files release that we just read concerning FBI's pressure campaign against Twitter to remove content the agency found objectionable. Today's release provides more details in the relationship between Twitter and the FBI. The suppression and the removal of the Hunter Biden story from Twitter and the FBI's desire for Twitter to conform, confirm a foreign influence narrative that didn't exist, my Russia, and how the FBI sought user location information for tweets that weren't remotely criminal. Say that again? So the people in the back can hear it? And how the FBI sought user location information for tweets that weren't remotely criminal. Good to know. And then you sent six to follow me around all of my life to see what the fuck I was doing? Are you that fucking pathetic? For a refresher, here are the highlights from the one of the most recent releases from Matt Taibbi who has done excellent work in continuing this story. The FBI requested to take action on what it determined to be misinformation, which included jokes from small Twitter accounts about voting dates, FBI emails to Twitter asking for an assessment of terms of service violations and location information about accounts that allegedly spread misinformation about the upcoming election. Some of those accounts were permanently suspended. Hmm. Dartful Codger, first on the list. Looks a lot like Artful Dodger. <laughs> Does it not? RSBN, uh, let's see, who else was on there? Billy Baldwin, a um, bunch of small accounts. Just These are the ones that they listed, right? How the 2016, uh, Tracy Beans is on the list. Um, how the 2016 Russian election interference hoax influenced the FBI's 2020 operations into reviewing American social media posts. Today's thread by, Schell by Schellenberger expands on what we've learned. In the first part of the thread, he says this, the FBI and the Hunter Biden laptop, how the FBI and the intelligence community discredited factual information about Hunter Biden's foreign businesses, business, business dealings, both after and before the New York Post revealed the contents of his laptop on October 14th, 2020. That's when all bunch of us got just shadow banned and further dehumanized and sent to our own little corners of the internet for daring to tell the truth about the Hunter Biden laptop story. Some findings of note, I want my fucking reparations. <laughs> the FBI continued its request of location and VPN IP data for Twitter users done without a warrant and without a subpoena. What else is fucking new? Would Twitter be open to sharing which service providers whose VPN IP address resolved to? Now you know why I don't use a VPN. To its credit, Twitter pushed back at this request. They didn't have to use Twitter for that request to get it. In one case, the FBI requested user data for an account that was critical of BLM and Democrats. Twitter responded by confirming the account in question is a domestic in origin. The U.S. intelligence community was pushing Twitter to share more information and change its user privacy settings. Carlos Manji, an OGA query to Yoel Roth. I definitely agree with caution here. We have seen a sustained, if coordinated, <laughs> efforts by the IC to push us to share more information and change our API policies. They are probing and pushing everywhere they can, including by whispering to congressional staff. Wow, even a congressional staff had a conversation about us? That's fucking awesome. Listen, we got to have a conversation about these cute people. <laughs> Somebody from the State Department or the FBI or the DOJ said, hey, listen, we got to have a 
we gotta have a conversation about these two people. We should stay connected and keep a solid front against these efforts. My sense from the exchange below is that Elvis is sending a message he was asked to, but that doesn't mean if, uh, feel ownership of it. And polite discussion will suffice to answer the the mail here. Do we know which commercial provider is being referenced here by the clues offered? Do we feel like there is an additional guidance we can give to those companies that would help clarify our rules and minify, minimize their efforts to push back against our API rules? Uh, it seems data miner has gotten that message clearly, but we keep getting additional query inquiries from elsewhere. So this is um, director of policy and philanthropy at Twitter. How do you get the job of director of policy and philanthropy? Listen, I'm a professional philanthropist, and so I will use my philanthropy to direct policy. Yes, this is what I shall do. This is what they shall do. Yes, I'm a philanthropist. Approximately six weeks before the 2020 election, the FBI Foreign Influence Task Force requested a classified briefing for Twitter General Counsel James Baker, who you might recall was involved in the FBI's botched Mal-Russia collusion investigation. Baker, who was recently fired by Musk, will come to be an important player in the Hunter Biden laptop saga. Well, well, well. Almost sounds like the people who covered up for Hillary Clinton's laptop scandal, the same people who covered up for the Hunter Biden scandal, or the same people who did my Russian narrative of President Trump, or the same people who did the... The same people who are censoring us, the same people who dehumanized us, the same people who rigged a fucking election. Huh. Seems like they're all the same people tied into the same little group, doesn't it? There's no such thing as a deep state. These people are crazy. <sighs> yes, it's very frustrating, chat. <laughs> it is very frustrating to watch as everybody gets all their... F Baker, who was recently fired by Elon Musk, will come to be an important player in the Hunter Biden laptop saga, telling his Twitter colleagues that the laptop materials were potentially hacked. Interestingly, on the day the Hunter Biden laptop story was published, James Baker would have had to have a telephone call with FBI General Counsel Matthew Perry. And to the suppression of the Hunter Biden's laptop story, recall that October 14th, 2022, the New York Post ran his explosive and potentially election-altering story on the Hunter, Hunter Biden's laptop. While much of the media focuses on the more salacious parts of the laptop, Hunter's drug use, naked photos, prostitutes, the real controversy was always how Joe Biden corruptly used his influence to enrich his family. That's the New York Post story was about. Smoking gun email reveals how Hunter Biden introduced Ukrainian businessman to his VP dad. Prior to that story, according to testimony, the FBI's SSA, Elvis Chan, and the FBI had warned social media companies, including Twitter, a potentially hack and dump. You be careful with that hack and dump information there. I'm not telling you who to censor, but I'm telling you, this could be hacked material from Russia. You need, you should seriously consider taking this stuff down. <sighs> Yoel Roth, then Twitter head of trust and safety, said he was informed by people in the intelligence community to expect attacks on individuals linked to the political campaigns. Ross also swore there were rumors that a hack and leak operation would involve Hunter Biden. Of course they did. Great job, DOJ. Way to go. Way to cover for yourselves. 
This has been going on since the JFK. You guys killed JFK, huh? I wonder if anybody out there is starting to realize like things are changing on that whole front. I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. I, I see a whole different world than these people do. That's why I sit here and tell you all these truths. Like I don't fucking care because there's something very weird happening in our world. Is there not? And the reason why I say that is, let me finish with this. And then I want, I need you to please, 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 please hear what Mark Levin's fire is because after playing the JFK thing to start this stuff off and being semi shocked that the mainstream media finally said something that the only the alternate media has been saying for forever, we have this remarkable Twitter was essentially contracted by the FBI using taxpayer dollars to the tune of millions of dollars to report on users and remove non-criminal content. The FBI found objectionable. One can't help but think the money was effectively in, was effective in getting Twitter and likely other social media companies to do what the FBI wanted. After all, who can say no to a paying client with that much leverage? Great work by Technofog, as always. 13 minutes, and you need to hear it all. Check it out. I want to mention a few things related to the Biden crime family. Just a reminder... There are a series of questions whether Joe Biden used his public office and position to enrich himself and his family to the tune of over $30 million. And why he and family members received millions, even tens of millions, from foreign governments and front corporations in China, Russia, Ukraine, and other places. We have the Hunter Biden laptop. It's an amazing thing, loaded with evidence, loaded with evidence that the FBI is all but ignored and the media covered up for the longest time. You have witnesses like Bob Alinsky who are on the record publicly and who did a long interview, one or two, with the FBI and was never contacted again. You have other potential witnesses and actors who are named in the emails. And in the emails on the laptop, you have dates and times and transactions, really anything you would need. And we have Treasury SAR reports. These are suspicious activity reports on wired funds, which the Treasury Department is withholding from the Republicans in the House of Representatives, but they have some in the U.S. Senate on the Republican side, which should give you a lot of information. Joe Biden said during the course of the campaign against Donald Trump, that he has never discussed Hunter's overseas business dealings. Joe Biden is a pathological liar. He certainly did, and the evidence is abundant. 51 Intel and national security so-called experts who were rooting for Joe Biden claim the laptop was Russia disinformation, even though they had never seen it. They're liars. Who organized that? Who put that letter together in order to mislead the American people and law enforcement? The FBI warned about Russia disinformation at the same time as this laptop was an issue before the 2020 election, met regularly with Twitter. We now know that thanks to the new Twitter and Elon Musk, regularly with Facebook. In other words, they tried to wave off big tech and the oligarchs, including Facebook and Twitter, from the laptop story. The FBI had the laptop, as I said, for nearly a year. They did nothing, yet it could verify everything. The big guy, we have an email, May 13, 2017, real evidence, the big guy, who's the big guy? Bob Linsky tells us, that's Joe Biden. 
10% for the big guy. 10% for who? Joe Biden. It's in the laptop. I'm not making it up. We know that accounts and finances were commingled, Hunter's and Joe's. We also know that Hunter would pay for things for Joe. Did Joe pay taxes on that? That apparently was a huge issue with the Trump organization and their former CFO. Remember him? They brought charges because, well, there were all kinds of gifts that weren't reported. How about Joe Biden? Has he reported all these gifts? I don't think so. Whistleblowers, we have Joe involved in meetings and phone calls involving some of Hunter's linked businesses. We have pictures with Joe Biden, with certain of Hunter's partners. Uh, these raise criminal issues. I'm not saying they're guilty. These raise criminal issues of wire fraud, money laundering, tax evasion, conspiracy to defraud the government, failure to register as a foreign agent, all kinds of stuff that's been used against all kinds of people in the recent past. Well, why does this stuff matter? Well, before we get to that, there's more. Taxes. Joe Biden prides himself on releasing his individual income taxes. And he's been celebrated for this. And he's taken shots at Donald Trump over this. Well, it could be because Joe Biden hasn't really released all of his taxes, has he? This is from Chris Jacobs writing in the Wall Street Journal some time ago. According to their tax returns, that's Joe and Jill Biden, in 2017 and 2018, the Bidens and his wife, Jill, avoided payroll taxes on nearly, looks like, $13.3 million in income from book royalties and speaking fees. They did so by classifying the income as S-corporation profits rather than taxable wages. The Bidens did pay themselves salaries from these S-corporations of nearly $750,000 between, between them over two years and they paid full taxes on the income, but they circumvented payroll taxes, Obamacare taxes, Medicare taxes. So they protected 95% of their income that went through this loophole, shall we say, an S-corporation. That's what the left calls it. And so uh, millions of dollars were protected from the payroll tax, and that accumulates to almost half a million dollars in taxes they otherwise would have paid had they not set up these S-corporations. Now, here's the problem. They have said these S-corporations represent money they earn from speeches and book writing. How do we know that? Well, USA Today said it did. Well, how do they know? They cited the Biden campaign website. Well, how do we know? We don't know. So the question is, and I don't have the answer, if they want to be transparent, they want to prove us all stupid, why don't they release those S-corporation tax returns? Where did all this money come from? Bob Anderson, writing in The Federalist about half a year ago or so, he says, recall that despite then-presidential candidate Biden having bragged that he had released his tax returns with what his team called a historic level of transparency, the truth is that he only released his individual returns. Those returns provided no detail regarding the source of most of the income, dollars that flowed to him and his wife Jill, by way of S-corporations they set up shortly after his departure from the office of vice president. The entity Celtic Capri Corp, his, and Giacapa Corp, hers, contain more than $13 million of the $17 million the couple had reported in income after Biden left office, most of it in the first year in 2017. Now, a notable $8.7 million gap exists between its $9.5 million net income in 2017 and the $809,709 of disclosed income that year from book tour and related speaking events. 
Since his disclosure covers only part of 2017, we lack the insight into other income that may explain it. Let's clap for that. Did any of that money, he's just asking, or other overseas income go to Joe or Jill? Would we know if the president provided a copy of their S-Corp tax returns with all the partner K-1s that flowed through them? But the only detail we have to aggregate numbers reported on the couple's individual's returns are the ones given to us by the campaign, by the Bidens and the press. What am I doing here? Well, we now know, thanks to the U.S. Supreme Court, that when the Republicans take over the House, they can get access to Joe Biden's S-Corporation returns, all of it. They get access to all of Hunter Biden's corporate or individual returns, assuming he filed taxes. Apparently, he had his lawyer, or his lawyer voluntarily paid a million or two to to cover his back taxes. As a matter of fact, as a footnote, thanks to the U.S. Supreme Court, Congress now has the power, given the fact that they allowed a lame duck Democrat committee of Congress two weeks ago to get six years of Donald Trump's tax returns for no reason whatsoever. There can't be a legislative purpose. They're not gonna even be there in the majority in a few weeks. They can get access to Nancy Pelosi's tax returns, and Barack Obama's tax returns, and and Michelle, of course, George W. Bush's tax returns. Hell, they could even get the Chief Justice of the United States tax returns. That's a great idea. Thank you, Supreme Court. That's a great a idea. dumb decision. The door is wide open for the Republicans to get returns on private citizens, public officials, anyone they want. Just say it's a legislative purpose. Now, let's move on. Why am I laying all this out? Tony, please listen to this. He's freaking fired. Because of dude. this in the Washington Post. A guy by the name of David Brock... He's a reprobate, a radical leftist who runs Media Matters and other left-wing groups. He has a hate-on for conservatives in the Republican Party, a hate-on for Trump, but a hate-on for all Republicans. Uh, Washington Post points out that there was a meeting in September, and among others, Brock and some of the big-wig activists on the Democrat and liberal side, and Hunter Biden's lawyer, a guy by the name of Kevin Morris, were very blunt in laying out, as the Washington Post writes, a strategy session they had on expected onslaught of investigations and how they were going to fight back. They described the possibility of defamation lawsuits. They put this out to the Post and made it public uh, that they could pursue against the presidential son's critics, Fox News, Eric Trump, Rudy Giuliani, anybody they want. They're already trying to dig up dirt on anybody who might make accusations. They have a so-called SWAT team. They have, they have uh, a sprawling infrastructure. This article goes on and on and on. A group called Courage for America, a SWAT team called First, uh, called Facts First, the Congressional Integrity Project, and also the White House. All of them are involved in what's going to be a character assassination campaign against anybody who dares to speak out against the Biden crime family or appear before Fuck a committee you. of Congress. You're not shutting me up. Or appear on a news program. That's called intimidation. You know what else that's called? Maybe the U.S. attorney in Washington, D.C. might be familiar with that. Obstructing an official effort by Congress to conduct an investigation. I wonder what Merrick Garland will do about this. And it's clear the purpose here is to interfere with the operations of Congress and is subject to contempt. There's no need to make a general threat to prosecute people for defamation in advance of testimony. 
because that anticipates an event that is yet to happen. And the only reasonable interpretation of what is reported in the article is that it is intended to have a chilling effect, to threaten people and prevent testimony. Now, if I were the lawyer for Hunter Biden, Mr. Kevin Morris, or Hunter Biden himself, I'd watch what I say and be very careful in any criminal violation by contempt of Congress or an extortionist threat can be prosecuted up to the end of the statute of limitations. And I would encourage the Judiciary Committee in the House, the House Oversight Committee, you get a hold of this article, you take down names and you find out who is threatening to interfere with your investigation and whether that goes to the highest levels of the White House. What do we have here? Nixon too? I don't really know, but it is troubling. And then finally, this issue of the special counsel. How the hell do you have all this evidence, evidence of this kind of activity, of enriching a family, a vice president who becomes president with foreign governments and foreign corporations, serious questions about whether their taxes are accurate, the emoluments clause when it comes to the president of the United States? And whether or not we actually have a man in the Oval Office who's been compromised by, among others, the Communist Chinese Party. How the hell do you not appoint a special counsel to investigate him? Not his son, him. How is that possible? The purpose of the special counsel statute is not to investigate a political opponent like some third world dictator. It's not to investigate Donald Trump. You've never had the appointment of a special counsel to investigate a political opponent like this is Stalin's Soviet empire or some third world banana republic. The purpose of a special counsel is to eliminate the appearance of a conflict within an administration. That is, an attorney general appoints a special counsel because it's not believed that the attorney general can avoid the appearance of uh, conflict because he was appointed by the president. And so that's when you appoint a special counsel. So here we have a situation where it's turned on its head. A special counsel appointed to investigate Donald Trump over documents and these concoctions about January 6th that somehow he had a role. And you don't have a special counsel in a matter that involves a sitting president and his ties to the communist regime in China, his ties to the regime in Russia, his ties to the prior corrupt regime in Ukraine, and so Russia! forth, and so on. Unbelievable. Hi, everyone. I'm Brian Kilmeade. I want you to do me a favor. Russia! Russia! The mainstream media, oops, oops, the mainstream media, in the past week has reported, told us the truth, as we talked about in the first hour, of the JFK assassination, that it was an inside job inside our government, and the CIA participated in it. <laughs> okay? You have that. And then, to continue the discussion of the mainstream media, absolutely freaking fire truth, you, can, you couldn't even do it any better than that. But, but what I also heard, something very interesting there, guys. Guys, guys, you, you got to see this. 
Instead of bitching about how everybody always does cueing it wrong, I will show you how to cue it right. July 8th, 2019, 3383 came in. Did I hear something? Did I hear Mark Levin say that they were using S corporations to launder money through book deals? I could have swore that's what I heard. I don't know where I've heard. Did you, has anybody out there heard that somewhere before? Did, has anybody done a dig on like these book deals and things? Has anybody talked about these book deals? I could have sworn. Maybe it's just me. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe maybe it's just crazy conspiracy theorists that were talking about it. 3383 came in on July 8th, 2019. It is a repost of the 1-7-2018 post that says this. U.S. taxpayers are paying for it all. The Paris, Afo- uh, the Paris Accord scam trillions. Red Cross scam billions. Foreign aid scam trillions. War scam trillions. And on and on and on. Who audits where the money actually goes? The DOD recently did a great job on their audit. Did you see the great job that the DOD did on their audit? They found some money and problems, and they're going to fix these problems. Yeah, right. Who actually receives the money? The U.S. taxpayer is funding the very people we are engaged in taking down. Slush funds everywhere. Think George Soros pays for Antifa out of his own pocket? The hole is deep. Feel sick yet? A Sarah Carter Twitter status. Has it? Can I, can I read it? Normally, I can't read it because Sarah Carter's tweets have been taken down. Where's our money? Sarah Carter, July 12th, 2019. Ask Sarah about being pressured by the government. She's got some good stories to tell you, too. Where's our money? In 2015, Barack Obama and Joe Biden gave Equatorial Guinea $4.4 million in U.S. aid. In 2016, Swiss government seized 25 supercars valued at $13 million belonging to the son of the president of Equatorial Guinea. Guinea. He's facing charges of corruption and money laundering. Retweet. That sounds like a great idea, Sarah Carter. I think I'll go ahead and do that right now. I have a Twitter again. Imagine what would happen if, by law, every U.S. congressman and women, U.S. senator, president, etc., was by U.S. law audited every one to two years by an independent agency. Imagine what would happen if those audits extended to all family members, such as elected officials. Would Democrats continue to push for foreign aid for other countries versus the homeland? What would happen when the kickbacks dry up? Huh. Something bigger does seem to be like it's happening out there, doesn't it? Maxine Waters has got a $4 million house. Nancy Pelosi's net worth is plus $150 million. Joe Biden's son and brother net worth tens of millions of dollars. Clinton family, $200 million plus. Pre-election, Bill Clinton was less than a million. Obama family, family $40 million plus. Pre-election, less than a million dollars. Disguised under book deals? Under S corporations and stuff? Man, that's weird. Those who take those who take are offered more powerful positions within the party. Controlled, drain the swamp. Q. July 9th, 2019, thirty three ninety four came in the CNBC article that shows this. Joe and Jill Biden made more than fifteen million dollars in two years after leaving the White House tax returns show. Huh. Interesting article there. The couple reported about $11 million in adjusted gross income in 2017. The documents from 2016 and 2018 show they followed up with another $4.6 million in adjusted gross income last year. That's right. Your taxpayer dollars, hard at work, $15 million plus more personally declared. 
What an amazing coincidence. Think yesterday's drop disguised under book deals? October 17th, 2020, 4886 came in and a bunch of us crazy conspiracy theorists were just like following Russia bots everywhere. Where's my Russia bot? There it is. I found a new Russia bot that brainwashed me and they said this. Be careful, DOJ. I'm still reading them, fuckheads. Ukraine, China, Iraq, Iran opened the door far beyond the Biden family. Huh. Hmm. How do you protect your interests? Shelter from proper prosecution and public awareness. Control, infiltrate the DOJ, the FBI, the state, the intel, the news. How many are fired by FBI? Russia, mid-year investigation. Hey, hey, Rachel Madcow, have you have you had a... Uh, Let's see, Andy McCabe on recently. Why, why, why is he getting paid by the mainstream media? Oh, that's right, he was fired. How many of those fired FBI, the, uh, fired FBI Russia mid-year investigation under Comey received a book deal? <laughs> book deals can be lucrative. Follow the family. U.S. taxpayers paid for it all. Information warfare Q. There you go. That, my friends, is how you cue it right. Anywho. Hey, I want you to click. Ask, you don't understand. You, you, just, you, you just haven't done your fucking research, you dummy. The first arrest is going to shock the world, okay? And, and when they arrest President Trump, you, always, you just need to do your research, man. You stupid people. I'm smarter than you. Just go do some fucking research and you'll see President Trump's going to be your first arrest, man. Geez, so fucking stupid. <laughs> the first arrest is going to shock the world. President Trump arrest coming soon to a theater near you. You'll see someone do a show on it. Mark my words. Ten minutes left. What? Son of a gun, I got another hour's worth of shit ahead of me. I might do a day I might do a day show tomorrow. I think I might do that. Um actually no. I need to be it needs to be a night show, really. Man, I might maybe I'll go live again for about an hour tonight. Um take a break, get some food, um, get the podcast submitted, and I might I there's I have to show you this dig. But if you're interested, I'll give you uh, as quick of a 10 minute summary as I possibly can. But first I saw a bunch of freaking gold fly by my face while I was being a smart ass and I missed it. Frogger dropping a cookie on me. Thank you very much. Tori with some shades, Sean, Joe, Liberty bell, Liberty bells. Thank you. No, thank you. Sean, Joe. Thank you for the cookie. Golden lady dropping a ship on me. The fallen dropped a ship on me as well. Oral drop incoming. Roger that. Thank you, sir. Appreciate it. As well as cage farmer dropping a fleet. 96.45 gold pills today, and you guys are just freaking amazing people, dude. I <sighs> Every time I, I spend time with you guys, the blood pre- I don't even need to take a blood pressure pill, really. I just settle myself down with you guys around me. You know what I'm saying? Problems on Rumble. What a Fugazi over there, huh? It all came up and on Rumble. Uh, gotcha, gotcha. Uh, try to refresh there, guys. Everything should be uh, fine. Can't can't have too much truth on Trumble or I don't know. Rumble's been having a bunch of problems recently. I don't know if you guys noticed that they've been under attack. Uh, but try refreshing your stream and let me know if that works over there on Rumble. We'll keep it moving here today. In the interest of the podcast, hey Ryder, great to see you out there today. 
Much love. <laughs> you just don't get it, man. You really need to do some research on Q. Like, have you even read the drops, man? You you should read the drops before telling me that Trump's not going to be the first arrest, dummy. It's fucking people, dude. They're all fucking bots, dude. Oh, or watch. Never mind. I need to read this for you. Three minutes, please. Resist the hologram. Watching Steve Bannon in an interview RNC chairman Ronna McDaniel in the war room today triggered me bigly. Her body language while attempting to distract from the red state article that exposed RNC expenditures and non-campaign related expenses was illuminating. Flushed face, red ears, rapid eye blinking, etc. She claimed a lot of the things weren't true and talked about get out the vote actions while ignoring the fact that the RNC expense line items were mislabeled to obfuscate from the real line items. I was particularly incensed by her claim that the RNC had lawyers in all 50 states working to support Republican candidates. What a load of crap. As reported by the Gateway Pundit, she had one lawyer in Arizona, which was the epicenter of election fraud, and that person bailed almost immediately after the election. Classical misdirection and lying. I also thought we had lawyers in every motherfucking state too, Rana. The fuck? <laughs> yeah, it's pretty close to about right. In my own opinion of her <laughs> that I've withheld as a good Republican for some time now, but the election was over. She failed to deliver on the wave election and she needs to go. She also is full of it when she claims that she's all about election integrity and stopping Democrats inspired election fraud. Here's my personal account from June, 2022. At the SDOC State GOP convention in Watertown in June, there was a grip and, and ri, grip and grip barbecue hosted as an area resort for the first night. When I got off the shuttle bus from the convention center, who should I recognize chatting outside in the mock old West Town setting a few people up? But Ronna McDaniel said, uh, Western Town setting with a few people, excuse me, but Ronna McDaniel, chairman of the RNC, after reconnoitering the venue inside, I walked back out and interviewed her for 15 minutes. I gave her my credentials, including retired Navy captain and regular contributor to the Epoch Times and mentioned that I had written 25 plus articles about election fraud since 3 November 2020 with sourcing from the Draws Group at L. Then I asked her if she had seen the documentary 2000 Mules yet. She said that she had only seen a few parts of it, nor had the RNC staff seen it. Then she claimed that she had talked to Catherine Engelbrecht of True the Vote about the missing evidence that would have made the documentary stronger and more convincing. Right. I asked her why RNC lawyers were essentially AWOL on investigating the fraud, especially after the RNC having collected by some press reports over $150 million from Republicans like me on the issue. She disassembled and claimed the RNC lawyers were involved in only case decided in Trump's favor, that the Trump campaign asked the RNC to stay out of the poll watching and other election day integrity monitoring efforts. I told her that the over 80 cases were adjudicated when Trump having won in eight of the nine cases in which facts and the evidence were essentially actually examined, she was mum about RNC lawyers after that. I asked her why the RNC hadn't been out front with a public publicity campaign highlighting all the fraud coming out in all the swing states. She changed the subject. I, for, I told her I forgot about any getting any of my more money from me. 
observation she was clearly representing rhino interest and had no desire to see Trump elected. That was a subliminal message that wasn't particularly very hidden, in my opinion. Conclusion, politics is a contact sport and results matter. Losing the House and the Senate and the presidency under her watch means you gotta go. Don't let the door hate in the ass. Time for some new blood who can reinvigorate the RNC. I, I volunteer myself. Problems solved yesterday. I'll wait. Anyways, uh, that's what I got from that. How much time I got? Three minutes. I have another article, and I have another hour of stuff that I haven't gotten to. Thanks for being here today, guys. The Twitter files, how the FBI primed execs for Russian disinformation and disinformation against against ahead of the Russian... Holy shit. Try reading that again, buddy. How FBI primed executives for Russian disinformation, disinformation ahead of the Hunter Biden uh, bombshell by Tyler Durden. Another breakdown of the Hunter Biden stuff as well. We all know the answer to that question is. Man, what a fucking world we live in. Anyways, um, two more victims sue Jeffrey Epstein's estate over abuse claims. That getting dropped two days ago. Um, two women claiming they were sexually assaulted by Jeffrey Epstein have filed separate lawsuits against the billionaire pedophile's estate under the Adult Survivors Act. Um, wouldn't Jeffrey Epstein be the arrest that shocked the fucking world? No, no, no. We don't have... We don't... I, that's... No. I, I don't want it to be that, really, because just that, that way we can... I can do some decodes telling you why it's not, I guess. Finally, Michael Bay, someone dropped this to me on, on Truth, and we're like, hey, hey, did you see this uh, this 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 movie called uh, Six Underground? And you know what? It's funny because I kind of wanted to see it at when it first came out, but there was something, something distracted me from it or something like that because usually Michael Bay kind of has uh, some insight, you know, about uh, some topics and some things. And... This uh, trailer for Six Underground from 2019 had an interesting thing. Let me show you. We take a box, and into that box, we place all the horrors of the world. We close the box and pretend it doesn't exist. Huh. Well, isn't that interesting? The even more interesting part about it is the patch that they wear I don't know if you can see that right there but the, the patch the patch that he has on is um ghost in the machines patch <laughs> thought, thought I point that out there for you um uh I don't know what predictive programming really exactly is but that's pretty much what it is that's that's it <laughs> All right, guys, it's been a fun two hours. As always, I have a very important dig and a, and a show that I'm going to do for you guys that was a part of a Twitter space yesterday. I want to give you uh, the thread from Mike Benz that you have to read for yourself, honestly. Grab that link and... Um, like I said, the best part about being back out of the little bubble, so to speak. What's up, Joe Patriot, Deborah? God bless you guys. Thanks for being here on Rumble. Excuse me, on uh, DLive. Rumble crowd's always in the house. See, Patriot, what's good, fam? Thanks for being here, man. Um, grab this link. Grab that thread and share it with every person you can find. Say, you must read this thread because even if I do a show on it, 
it's not going to get the exposure of as it would if you all shared it out there. Say this is mandatory. This is a mandatory nine-minute read and a hour to two-hour dig if you so choose to do your own dig more on what is presented and the information that is presented by Mike Benz in that thread. It is absolute fire. I was... My ear was stuck to the to the to the speaker listening to this whole thread and this whole discussion. It was freaking amazing, dude. And then he took the time and put it into a thread so that he could uh, summarize the important parts of it. You have to please grab that link and share it far and wide. All right. With that, I want to say I appreciate you guys all very much for being here today. Special thank you to all the gold pills today. Let me give that thank yous out real quick. Appreciate you guys all for being here today. Let me go ahead and. Uh, just give me one second. Quick thank yous. Ryder, Toria, Frogger, Sean Joe, Liberty Bells, Sean Joe, Golden Lady, The Fallen One, KH Farmer, all of the Gold Pill uh, contributors today. Thank you very kindly for all of your love, support, and prayers. I appreciate that very much. Grab the scratch off right now. Very much. Thank you guys. For, <laughs> thanks, guys, for being here. Rumble crowd, you're always lurking and listening and hitting the thumbs up and sharing the streams and, and hanging out. Much love to you guys. Every lurker and listener and anyone who says a prayer for anybody else and tries to lift up others, I wish you and yours a Merry Christmas, eternal happiness, and a Happy New Year. And with that, I want to say much love and God bless you all. Thanks for being here today on this Monday. Average Joe Patriot, 10 tonight. Always lurking and listening on the foxholepill.net somewhere, some way. If you need if you're if you need a family to come hang out with, the foxhole.app is where it's at. Much love and God bless you all. See you guys later on. Treat the word impossible as nothing more than motivation. Relish the opportunity to be an outsider. Embrace that label. Being an outsider is fine. Embrace the label. Because it's the outsiders who change the world and who make a real and lasting difference.